College basketball fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about some good old-fashioned college hoops. Now, life got in the way, as it does per usual sometimes. You know, it happens. Everybody can relate to that. So we weren't able to do the Monday show. So we're doing it tonight. We're not going to spend a bunch of time on Saturday. We know there was a ton of upsets. We'll kind of go over some of that, but we don't want to go too detailed on that for you, for the folks that are listening to this a little bit later in the week, because we know that was four days ago, whatever, you know what I mean? It is what it is. But we have plenty of action Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, That's for sure. Double overtime victory for Providence and Creighton. Uh, Marquette turns around and beats Xavier 69 to 68. Miami stays hot. Uh, Northwestern. Another big win. Um, so there, there's plenty to talk about. And, of course, we'll preview Saturday and Sunday matchups. I mean, one that comes to mind, Kansas-Baylor. Very meaningful. So there's a ton to talk about, no doubt about it. We'll get into it in just a second. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope-A-Dope and download the show directly there. Although that's cool if you do. You can find this here college ball show under the Rope and Dope Radio Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Player FM, TuneIn, Sticker, Spritcher, whole lot of places. While you're at it, why don't you head out over to the grueling in sports twenty-four as well. One more thing. Um, we got something for you here. It's called Direct TV Stream. You get your TV together. Without the hassle of cable, stream the best entertainment and sports, starting with 75 live channels for a limited time. You can save $120 over your first year with any package as long as you buy the DirecTV streaming device. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. Sign up today, plus learn how to get premier channels included for the first three months with qualifying packages. That's Direct TV Stream. Okay. Going to go ahead and bring in my co-host here in just a moment. But that's Saturday. You know, the Saturday prior to that, actually the, the three Saturdays prior to that, we had some crazy stuff, right? The Saturday before, I think there were seven rank versus rank. On paper, it didn't feel like shit was about to pop off. But, oh, did it. I mean, it popped way off. Purdue goes down at Northwestern. Arizona loses to Stanford. Tennessee loses on back-to-back buzzer beaters uh, to Missouri and Vando. Virginia wins in overtime. Um, Iowa State lost at home and uh, and, and lost to West Virginia, too. Uh, K-State upset by Texas Tech. It's funny, this week, the, well, really the last 10 days or so, the Big 12, the bottom of the Big 12 is starting to show, hey, we're pretty good at this too. And, you know, Providence had that big win, but they just freaking lost to St. John's, and it lost two out of the three games. Rutgers got down by Illinois. They were ranked. Um, I mean, all you know, even that, I remember that home game, the home game's, not this Tuesday, but last Tuesday, we talked about all – there's four ranked versus ranked. 
And both of us picked a different winner, but we went three out of four with the home teams. All four teams won. St. Mary lost to Loyola Marymount, which they beat Gonzaga too, and they're playing right now. Butler upset Xavier. I mean, all sorts of shit. Shit just went loose, including what just happened this weekend, like I said, with uh, you know Northwestern getting another big win over number 14, Indiana. It's been a crazy, like, four days of hoops, my friend. Yeah, and I think what we're going to get, Chris, which is I'm very grateful for, is I remember we did the show of the bracket before COVID hit, and we were talking as if, because there was a lot of teams we liked and just the bracket predictions we made for our, like, preview bracket show, of how this could be one of the most fun tournaments we've ever seen. I think that this year's March Madness is going to be kind of just like batshit crazy because there's not a true good number one team. Like for the last handful of years, you could always argue like it's, oh, this is Gonzaga's year, this is Duke's year, this is Carolina's year. And you could normally pick one or two teams and say, hey, like if, if you're or if, if you're like an office pool, hey, give me, let me pick three teams and you can have the field all the all the decent chance to have a team in the final four. This year, if you're going to pick three teams to make the Final Four and, and you give your friends the pool, I mean, good luck. Like, we've already tied, I believe, in the past 40 years. The team who has been number one has already lost eight times this year, and that sets a record for the most time since, like, the 1970s. And we still have pretty much a full month left. or Well, not full month, but like three and a half weeks left of regular season basketball. So if you're seeing the number one team uh, consistently lose, and you have the massive parity of the Big Big Ten and the ACC, and the Big 12 is just a, a like, Greek god immortal conference this year of good teams. Even the bad record teams are good. And the Big East is pretty overall strong. I think we're going to have a very, very enjoyable March Madness bracket preview this year because we're going to be having probably – 10 to 12 teams, and when we start March Madness, say, hey, if Team A, B, or C get hot on a given week, they could make it to the Final Four, and that's going to be a lot of fun as college basketball fans. I mean, I I know upsets happen in the sport naturally, but, man, Chris, we have a year where there's a lot of really good teams and not a great, great team, so there's got to be a lot of coaches right now in the country that think, hey, if my guys play like they have played for a set amount of time, we could be – cutting down the nets or making it really interesting this year. And I think that's fun as hell as a college basketball fan. I completely disagree. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're, you're, you're all right. It does. I, I didn't want to say it all the way, but it it is giving me those vibes where you're like, for a couple of weeks go by, you're like, oh, wow. that would, Dude, okay, damn. You know, like this team's putting it to, oh, they lost two out of three. Oh, look at this other team. You know, so you start to kind of just – Breeze by certain teams, right off certain teams. They come back and make a run. You're right, man. It's 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 interesting. It's going to be a great close to the season because there's a lot of quality teams, but like you said, not that great team, or at least it hasn't shown to be a great team just yet. Um, and so, uh, you know, we'll see. Now, Miami at North Carolina, we talked about the ats, right? Going in, even that night, Texas, that night, Monday night, 
Texas lost to Texas Tech 74-67 as the number six in the country. Baylor took care of business, but Miami goes into North Kakalaka. I'm not trying to bring this up just to be a dick, okay? Um, but they, I mean, they, they, they went in there and handled business, and they've been on a run lately, and actually the best records in the last 35 AC, or 36 ACC uh, season games, the best record 26 in 10 for Miami. Otherwise, it's 24 and uh, 11, 24 and 12, and 23 and 13. That's Virginia, Duke, and North Carolina. Miami, and when they go head up against Duke, they were flashing that stat. When they go head up against Duke and North Carolina since the coach has been there, it's a really impressive. And, and you know, of late, the last couple of years, it hasn't been as strong. But we always talk about Miami a couple years back, maybe several years back, where you're like, wow, they always, like, showed up against North Carolina and Duke. And they're on a run right now, man. They, they've been hot. Um, like I said, they, they beat, you know, North Carolina. They, they're, just, they're just playing good, man. And that, you know, Pitt, Virginia, and Miami. Now, we already saw Clemson, I think, is a full game, game and a half back now. Um, and, and we both thought there's no way they're going to hold on. And that happened pretty damn quick. But um, what ha- did you did you get a chance to see your squad, uh, you know, Monday night? Because like I said, to me, Texas Tech that was a huge upset, um, and I thought the next night Oklahoma State was going to pull an upset, but Kansas ended up pulling off. We'll, we'll talk about that Creighton Providence game too, that double overtime game. But even that night, Tuesday night, NC State goes down on the road, seventy-five to seventy-two, to Syracuse, who. They're not that special this year. Yeah, you know, for Carolina this year, <clears throat> but again, they're a perfect point to show what I literally just talked about, how last year they were an okay team, got super hot, beat Baylor, and then went on a hell of a run. I, I, I think that, I, I don't know, maybe just last year was like too good of a year for Carolina. Like you beat your tribal, you sent their home coach packing, like that team has some players that are going to be NBA talents, in my opinion, but they've just not really found the rhythm this year. So it doesn't surprise me that they're on the bubble. Like, and Miami's just a solid team. It is very, very hard to win on the road, and obviously Carolina only is a pretty good home team in the Dean Dome. But um, the fact that we lost that game, obviously frustrating, but Miami's been playing really good ball. Uh, they, they, they beat up Clemson. Uh, they beat Carolina. Um, they're probably the hottest team right now in the ACC. I know Virginia had that kind of controversial win against Duke this past week where there was a, a controversial foul not called. But um, Oh, I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that one up. I know that you're worried about Duke so much. I mean, I, as much as I hate Duke, that was a, a piss-poor no-call. Like, dude, you saw the guy got fouled before the clock hit zero. Like, that And they admitted like, it, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, all right. You had your typical typical NBA, like, hey, two-minute report the following day. Uh, we screwed it up. I normally, yeah, by you normally, the way, uh, we forgot to tell you this. And you normally never see that for college. Like, NBA, that's become, like, a legit thing. Like, hey, next day referees will say, hey, we missed this. But in college, dear God. Um, but, hey, for Miami, again, that's a team where as quietly as they are, they pretty much win a tournament game every single year. 
And I think their head coach was saying about how they're like their last, like they're like 37 and 15. They're past like 50 games in the ACC. Like they're, they're a good ass team. They just don't quite have that blue blood Carolina Duke backing, but that's a legit solid program right now. Like I said, them and Virginia are probably the two best teams, uh, in the conference. And uh, Clemson's kind of getting a little bit of a humble pie. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we're like, damn, Clemson's leading the conference. Like, they have not won the conference outright since 1990. And I think that they've actually taken a couple losses on the chin. Are they a bad team? No. Will they make the tournament? Probably so. But they're not quite the team that they were three weeks ago. Now they've had a little bit of a more difficult schedule, Chris. They're falling back a little bit. Again, I'm not saying their season's gone to waste yet, but they're they're getting some losses that people probably expected them to achieve. And will they be able to bounce back? And right now, I'd say it's, it should be kind of a clean, fun race between who can win the ACC of Clemson, uh, excuse me, of Miami or Virginia. Yeah, and then what would you think of the, uh, the best game of the week so far, um, the double overtime thriller in Manila? No, in Providence. Providence oh my god, Creek. dude! I, I, and we I know those walking. four teams: Xavier. This is the Big East, dude. Marquette, Xavier, Providence, and Creighton—all mumbo jumbled up. They played both this week. And you know, I love my Big East basketball. I, uh, I did it when I first met you, but Matt, dude, now I, I can't get enough. Um, dude, what a what a fun ass basketball game that was. Double overtime. The biggest lead of the whole game was Creighton by six. Like I, I, I bet, I bet Providence because Ed Cooley's at home. That's the Providence head coach. Uh, but dude, I mean, that game was, you, you have, there, there was, um, 15 lead changes. It was just a, a game where the two teams know each other. They're both good. They're both playing good basketball. You score, we score, you score, we score. We take the lead, you take the lead back and forth. It was just fun as hell to watch. But to tip the cap to Providence, <clears throat> who, Again, pretty much has a whole new team besides uh, Bynum is back and Broswell, who was their backup center last year, is now their, their actual starting center. Um, that dude's a coach. In their last two years now, Providence, or last three, two, three years, Providence is 9-1 and one in OT. Like, that's not a joke. Like, you're, you're almost unbeatable at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. And you're nine and one in OT. Like Ed Cooley's got himself a squad. Are they as talented as last year? Probably not. But are they? Could they make the Sweet Sixteen again? For sure. Just because you need to start knocking down some threes off the bench too. By the way. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you're and if you're Creighton, I will say okay, they did lose, but dude, that create and obviously it, it's hard to win on the road, but on a neutral site. Creighton's got to be one of the better teams I've seen all year. Like, you have a legit center, you have two guards that are really good, and you have a solid point guard. That is going to be a hard-ass team to beat come March. So Creighton you got to get them in foul problems, too, though, because if you're going to beat them anyway, because th- that's where the, the bench is where it gets a little Yes, fun. you're right, you're right. They're not they're not a, a, a super deep team, but – um, with like Cockbrenner and Alexander and like Nimbrit, like dude, that team is scary. Like I would not want to play if 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 I'm a Carolina fan or whoever my squad is, because that team has a big, they have a good coach, they have a lot of talent. Now, as my co-host said, they're not deep, and that's true. But dude, if if it's a seven, if it's your best seven versus my best seven, creating would be a Final Four team. 
because they had literally had been on a seven-game winning streak, which, again, as we said, is hard to do because I would say Big East is probably the second-best conference in the nation, or second or third. It depends on your opinion, but it's good. So if you win seven games in a row, that's tough, and they Providence knocked them off. But, yeah, they'll probably get another streak here again too. But, um, yeah, that, that was a fun game to watch, and I know it wasn't as highly ranked, but I did the same that I did watch, uh, Seton Hall, uh, excuse me, I did watch the Paul play St. John's because it was a back-to-back doubleheader and I came in a double OT as well. So it was a, you got to watch four extra segments of Big East basketball and back-to-back doubleheaders. So that was a, a fun night of hoops. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. It, it, it's, it's been wild. And I mean, um, I did want to give a shout out to, What's his name? Oh, Penn State. Jalen Pickett. Oh, finished with 41 points. This is from ESPN Stats and Info. First 40-point game for Penn State since Gene Harris had a school record in 46, or from 46 points in 1961. Most points by a Penn State player in conference game since they joined the damn conference. Uh, I wanted to give him a, sh- a, a shout-out. Um and then Vandy, too. Like, uh, this uh, MTC with Mook, I follow him, good follow, check him out. On January 31st, Vandy lost to Alabama 101-44. Since then, Stackhouse's crew has won four in a row. Commodores are seven and six in the um, SEC, or at least they were a handful of days ago. Just wanted to shop them out. Also, in the SEC, A&M now, they're 11-2, and two, best conference uh, start in school history. And they're undefeated at home in SEC play as well. Wanted to throw that out there, too, kind of an interesting stat. Now, the other game we're going to talk about happened last night. Uh, number one, newly minted, number one. You don't want to be number one or number two this year for some reason. Number two gets beat two every week. Um, number one, Alabama, number 10 at Tennessee. Going into this, they flashed the stat, uh, adjusted defense efficiency for Bama. Uh, they're fifth in D1. Tennessee, adjusted defense efficiency. They lead the league, right, D1. Now, the last couple games, um, deficiency-wise, uh, deficiency, I just said, efficiency the last two games, though, like Tennessee had big had been given up forty eight percent from field goal. They're normally thirty six percent three point line twenty four percent. Last two games before this forty seven, and then from fifty six to seventy six. And you know they're also heartbreakers too. You know the way they lost. I already mentioned that, but the way they lost back to back buzzer beaters. But um. They stood their ground. Let's put it that way. Tennessee did. They got a win. It was a tight game pretty much the whole time. The largest lead was nine for Tennessee, which is what they won by. Otherwise, you know, Bama, I think they led for a little bit. Yeah, actually, the largest lead was only one. But it came down to total turnovers, right? They had a, Tennessee had 11 steals to three and 19 to eight. So Alabama had 19 turnovers because otherwise, Neither team shot that well. It was a grinded-out game. But Tennessee got a must-win based off, you know, 
how things have not been going their way to close the game. I thought it was a big, big win for them. Yeah, you got to wonder, I think, just sometimes for them, their defense is so good that maybe they just have their, their – they hide their offensive inefficiencies. Or maybe their offense is just kind of average and their defense is just like lights out. It's just so weird because besides Virginia, you pretty much never see a team that kind of wins games consistently by scoring like mid-60s. And But that's Tennessee's MO. Like, and, again, not saying you can't win a title because Virginia did. But especially with nowadays, nowadays the basketball where the three-point shot is such a huge deal, you just – you just kind of the the sport of basketball has changed to an offensive based sport. But again, for Tennessee, uh, you shook off the Mizzou win, which I enjoyed, um, and you just you came back and you had a nice win off Bama. And then Bama's had they lost to OU a couple weeks ago, and then now they lost Tennessee. So again, Bama's a good team. Are they the elite of the elite? No, but they're a good squad. Again, there's a, 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 it's going to be a a very fun race down the stretch. But yeah, for Tennessee, I guess you just wonder, Chris, that, you know, is, is the, is having the idea of scoring 60 a game, uh, a thing that can get you to make a deep run in March? Or is your offensive eventually going to, you know, come become a problem? It, it's just, I guess that's the question you got to ask yourself because that's kind of been the MO for the last handful of years. This has been kind of how Rick Barnes has recruited Tennessee. Like he brings in a bunch of really good defensive players and it's the same story each year. Maybe this team is different. We will, time will tell. But you said that was a nice bounce back win too because they'd had a couple of heartbreaking losses. Um, and if you're Bama, uh, you know, I'm sure they're going to still be obviously ranked in the top five or six. And that team, they're, they're almost the opposite of Tennessee. They love to run. They love to jack up probably 23s a game. And, uh, yeah, that, that could be a really fun tournament, uh, rematch to see in the SEC, uh, uh, conference tournament, Chris, because they're kind of polar opposite teams, but two teams that could easily be playing for an SEC conference title championship. Yeah, that'd be a pretty cool rematch. Um, now you look at the Big 12 standings. It's just, it's just a thing of beauty. Three nine and four teams tied. KU, Texas, Baylor. Iowa State still hanging in there at eight and five. Kansas State still hanging in there at seven and six. You know, TCU falling back six and seven. But look at Oklahoma State now, a game over 500 when it looked like they were done. And West Virginia, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech, not just one, but two good victories for, for the bottom there. So, you know, that, that six teams we've been talking about, they're strong. There's, there's no denying the best conference no matter what happens in the tourney. Um, the best regular season conference, hands down. Um, but it's just crazy, dude. It, it's really fun. And, and like I said, for that to show the depth, uh, you know, of the conference right now is big when you got two, three, and ten teams that have gotten big wins and going to the Big East real quick, we'll kind of combo this stuff up. Now you got Marquette coming off that big win. They're 13 and three in a full game and a half now which is a lot for this league so far. Xavier, Providence, Creighton, all 11-4. and four. You do have, you know, Seton Hall, UConn, 8-7, and 9-7. But, um, it, you know, Creighton still still can go against Marquette. 
they had won eight in a row prior to that, so they, they had plenty to, to go. Creighton probably had the most games. Uh, Xavier's going to play Providence again. Um, so there's still stuff to be figured out. But all of a sudden, Marquette, a game and a half at this point late in the season, that's a pretty good lead considering where it's been. Yeah, th- this is hands down the best team Shock has had. Maybe they haven't quite had that. They don't really seem to have, like, one NBA player. I don't know if they have that this year. But from top to bottom, this is his best squad. But just to kind of hammer home the point, Chris, we've been talking about on today's show of home records, get this shit. Marquette, first place in the Big East, 14-1 at home. Xavier, second, 13-1. Providence, 14-0. Creighton, 12-1. So your top four teams have a combined... Uh, three home losses out of, let's see, uh, 26, 39, 43, four. Out of 47 games, the top four teams in the Big East have lost three games at home. So the top four teams are 44 and three. So why is it a bitch to win in conference road games in college basketball? Because the elite teams don't lose at home. I mean, 44 and three is absolutely insane. And they've pretty much now they've come down to wire to wire with all those teams. But Marquette, Xavier, Providence, Creighton, like all those squads are pretty damn even. And that explains why they're all four top up there. But, hey, I'll tip the cap to Marquette because people did give Creighton props. They gave, obviously, Providence props from last year. Xavier says a deep team. Not many people expected Marquette to be here. We know he's always had a good squad, but honestly <laughs> – for the past handful of years, Shaka's team has really been middle of the pack. Like, they're normally kind of a bubble team. They might make the tournament. They might not. But you're 13-3 and in your Big East, and, like, you're in first place by a decent lead, like you said this time. This is a bit of a surprise, and clearly the best team he's had. I believe this has got to be his probably fourth or fifth year. Um, they're doing something right, and they love to jack up threes, too. They're kind of a similar team to Bama, Chris, where they will shoot 23s a game, and if some of those go in, they're going to be really hard to beat. And you know he always kind of has a pretty solid defensive squad ever since his VCU days. If you play for him, they normally have a pretty decent uh, defensive end of the court. Yeah, no doubt about it. And just talking about the Big 12 real quick, Baylor, 10 out of their last 11 games victorious. And it was at Texas where they lost, at Texas. I mean, you can't really say shit about that. Now you got Pitt. Virginia, Miami, all right there, 12-3, 12-3, and 12-4. And Miami's a half game back. Clemson, you know, um, that full game back. I thought it was a game and a half. I guess I'm wrong. Um, now, Pitt is beating Virginia in Miami, and the last game they have is at Miami. So that's pretty That's pretty freaking interesting there. That's going to be a really good race. And, you know, I fucking spoil I, – I don't know what I was thinking, but I spoiled the damn – I looked at the Big Ten for some goddamn reason, right, because we're going through there, and I spoiled it. But it kind of lines up. I had these notes because I thought we were going to do a Monday show. I had these notes on Monday, and this is one of the questions I was going to ask my co-host. How real is Purdue based off two recent road losses? Supporting cast was, was highlighted. Big question mark. Now all of a sudden we look. And Purdue's twelve and four. They're, you know, we kind of gave Purdue this one right for for a while now, and, it, and even until this recent loss, it still would have been theirs in my opinion. But all of a sudden, 
You know, they're 12 and 4, Northwestern a game and a half back. Indiana's looking really good, but then they got beat by Northwestern. Maryland obviously, you know, had a big win. They're climbing back up. So it's like, damn, like where, where are we at here? They lost 68 to 54. Don't know what the hell happened in the game, but I'm looking at at Indiana, 79-74, at Northwestern, 64-58, and at, what do you know, at kind of going with the theme that we're talking about, at Maryland, which, you know, historically speaking is tough uh, to play there. But, you know, if you look at their other players, solid players, but, you know, it, it just to me it was like, hmm, I'm starting to wonder about this team. And sure enough, they've lost three out of four. And again, home records: Big Twelve or sorry, Big Ten. Purdue twelve and one at home. Northwestern twelve and four. That's actually kind of crappy compared to the others. Iowa thirteen and two. Maryland fourteen and one. Indiana thirteen and one. So again, a combined of the top five teams in the Big Ten, you have a combined uh eight losses out, nine losses out of the top five, and that's what Northwestern having four, which, again, is a bit high of a number. Um, it's hard to win on the road, and that comes goes to show why uh, Purdue went into Maryland tonight, who's, again, 14-1 home, and um, from seeing on SportsCenter here, Maryland went on kind of a nice little run um, in the second half. I think they kind of extended from, like, a four-point game to a ten-point game, and I guess, I don't know, that's why I was seeing on Scott Van Pelt's show, but... <laughs> Yeah, I think Purdue, you could really have a center in Ivy who's probably one of the toughest players in America to guard. But how is the rest of your squad? Like, you have a go-to center, cool, and he might be unguardable. But if he has an off night, if he gets in foul trouble, like, hey, obviously he's ain't, he ain't shooting threes, okay? I don't believe so. So, you know, what is your backup plan? And as my co-host said, maybe that is not the best round to cast around him. So I think Purdue, along with – you know, Alabama and Tennessee and others is another one of those teams where, hey, can we win a title this year? Absolutely. Would you run to the window in Vegas and say, hey, they're a Final Four lock? No. Um, Northwestern, I still think, is surprising people very similar to Clemson because I don't think many people expect them to be there. And if you're Iowa, fun team, cool team, but they never play good defense. They always try to outscore you. And come tournament time, that normally doesn't seem to do them that well. But you're in third place right now in the Big Ten, which is nothing to be ashamed of. But it just, I'll never take that team too seriously, Chris, until they maybe make some minor improvements on the defensive end of the court. Uh, Maryland, you just had a great win tonight. And Indiana, you're ranked 14th despite being fifth place in the Big Ten. And you have a couple of NBA lottery players on your team, especially that Trace Jackson Davis. So, when you have a guy in your team who can go off on a certain night for 20 and 10, uh, that makes you a little reliable threat. Um, and yeah, and just for the, my last or Big Ten note, hey, Nebraska's won two games in a row, but most probably they won at Rutgers. Nebraska went into Rutgers a few nights ago as yeah, like a 12 and point Rutgers underdog. has been looking good again too, going into that. Yeah, and, and you you won at Rutgers like Nebraska's six and ten like. Holy shit! Like winning at Rutgers is hard because Rutgers, despite being eight and seven in conference, is fourteen and three at home. Like they're two and six on the road, but and they lost three in a row. But nonetheless, uh, a tip tip of the cap to Nebraska just because they're always been a pretty shitty team. But if you can win a game at Rutgers, that's worth getting props for. And as we know, every week, Chris, 
we we see the Big Ten schedule wins and losses change for teams, but the traffic jam in the standings has not gone away yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just it's just different teams replacing. Them. Yeah, you're right. And I'm not gonna look at the West Coast Conference shit. And my co-host better not bring that up because I want to watch one damn game tonight, okay? Uh, but I am gonna get the second half of UCLA and Stanford because I see that's popping off. Uh, Stanford got a nice win lately, and you know they uh, they're up at half. Uh, speaking of the Pac-12, UCLA only up one game right now. They uh, they well they're playing right now. Um, they also have. Home, um, or wait, they have at, well, they're playing Stanford. They, they got to go at Utah, which is better this year. ASU at home, and then they, they got home Zona to close. And Arizona has, uh, at home ASU at USC and then at UCLA. So the Pac-12 is open. It, it, it's still wide open. Not for everybody. I shouldn't say wide, but it, 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 you know, we're still wondering because, you could still come to that last game. And remember, as we know, Arizona already held at their home court. So if they can get their shit together, that'll be interesting. And then San Diego State keeps grinding it out. They now are 12-2 and in the Mountain West, a game and a half in front of Boise and Nevada. Nevada beat them. And then now look at New Mexico, 6-7 and seven now. Um, man. It's just one of those head scratchers, and it's probably the reason why, you know, they, they, they have talent. But Patino, for whatever reason, once league starts, I'm not trying to rip them, but it's starting to happen there. They were 18-2 and two or whatever not long ago. Um, so we'll see how they hang on. They're 19-7 and seven now. Is that what it is? Something like that. They've lost four in a row. So we'll see how that goes. But that league has really been living up to it. Nevada, Boise State, San Diego State – all just jumbled up there, Marshall. <clears throat> yeah, that has been a very, um, very good competitive mid-major conference. Mid-major is probably a bit of a slap in the face for as strong as it's been this year. Um, San Diego State had a, was maybe off their regular power for the last handful of years, but now they're back to being a really good team. I mean, I remember when I was in high school or even in college, like they. San Diego State was pretty much a lot to almost like make the, it seemed like the Sweet 16 almost every year. They were like a good team. They played solid defense. You never really saw them on TV, but you knew they were going to be a good squad. And I think they've kind of maybe found their prowess again. Um, Boise State, 10-3, they've been playing solid basketball for the whole season. And the Wolfpack as well. Um, again, they're not going to maybe get the media rankings. They won't maybe have a number next to them, but, um, those three teams are pretty much all I would say probably locks in for March Madness if you watch like the ESPN or the Fox shows. And yeah, New Mexico, man, they got to get on a bit of a hot streak again. Um, I know they couldn't shoot the three ball that well, but you have a couple of really talented guards and the clock is ticking out a little bit. You got to creep up a little bit back in the standings. Um, but yeah, between uh, San Diego State, Boise, Nevada, um, all three of those um, are going to be still fighting for that first spot. And that could be a really fun uh, conference tournament to watch. Um, we've kind of, it's kind of been a four dog race all all uh, year to win the uh, first place in that conference, Chris. Now it might be down to three. But if you're looking for kind of like that, you know, why it's not the Big Ten, not the Big East or ACC, 
But this is going to be a really solid conference tournament, and a couple of these teams might end up on the bubble to where these conference games can mean even much more to them uh, for seeding or getting that spot in the dance. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Any other items besides, uh, you know, the West Coast? Um, I'm trying to watch something tonight where I enjoy sure. it. No, I would just say for the Pac-12, I think I think it's oh, still, yeah, man, I just, you, who the hell is Utah? Like, they're still creeping up there. Like, they've not been ranked yet this year, but, dude, you're still 10-5. They five, got Van Horn Jr., I think. I'm pretty you're, sure they got Van Horn Jr. You're in, you're in third place? Like, okay, UCLA, they, they're good. Zona, their offense is fucking dangerous. USC is good. My ASU Sun Devils, who won me a lot of bets, are falling off a deep end. I don't know if they're going to make a tournament, but they're, you know, they're okay. Oregon's okay. Colorado's okay. But Utah, it's like, huh. They, I'm sure they got to be on the bubble. Like, okay, it's just like, I, I feel like they're kind of sliding under the rug. But, hey, you're in third place in a solid conference, like, you might be going dancing this year too. It's just, um, yeah, I, 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 just, I will just say for it's a different contrast of styles because if you ever watch UCLA play, they're looking to win a game probably in like the mid sixties. They're going to play great half court offense. They still have a couple of players from their final four run a handful of years ago with a solid coach. And Arizona's like, dude, let's just play street yard ball. Let's try to drop eighty seven on you and win the game eighty seven eighty two. So. A very contrasted styles with two very strong, talented teams who are obviously both ranked inside the top ten that sit above the Pac-12. Yeah, no doubt about it. So Saturday and Sunday, we're going to preview some of this predicted, and then we'll shut this puppy down. We're not going to go our normal hour or 55 hour, hour six today. We're right at 37 minutes. Um, so I got a couple of games here. We've been We might as well keep with this theme about the home team. Okay, here's a couple home teams. Will they win? Tennessee visits Kentucky. CBS, noon. Kind of interesting. Oklahoma at Texas. Iowa State at Kansas State. Oklahoma, TCU. Baylor, Kansas. I'm really looking at that one. I'm really looking at that one. That's, that's going to be interesting. So here's the thing. I think Baylor is going to minorly upset because it's at home, Kansas. I think Oklahoma State is going to stay hot and upset TCU. Otherwise, I'm actually going to hold serve. I'm holding serve with a home game, and that includes Kentucky and Tennessee. For some reason, I think that the letdown's coming in Kentucky. Lord knows they need a nice win. I will take Kentucky. Um, I think that I, I'll just take Kentucky. Um, as you mentioned for the um, the Big 12, <clears throat> I think Baylor's due for a bit of a letdown. I mean, that team has been playing their asses off, but I just, I'll, I'll take KU at home. I, I, I think that just Baylor's been playing really good ball, and they're due for a, just a minor slip up. Yeah, and he's got a crazy record against top five and top ten at home, too. We went over that, like, 23. I can't remember what the number is, but he's probably going to add to it. Yeah, and and for Oak State TCU, TCU, man, they've really started struggling since that Miles Davis is out. Mm-hmm. Like, that dude was their best player. He's got the hyperextended knee. I mean, I'm sure, that, I'm sure they'll still be going dancing, 
But ever since he had that injury against uh, the start of that Mississippi State game where those bastards lost that game and cost me some money, um, <laughs> they, they've not been the same team because he is their go-to scorer. I actually watched them, Chris, when they played their last game against Baylor. They were up 12 points at home with like five, six, seven minutes to go. And that flogger on Baylor took over and just went on like a 15-2 run himself. But the, you can see the last handful of games TCU has lost. They don't have that go-to score. Especially if you watch a lot of college basketball, there's not many teams like UCLA who has like multiple players. Almost every college basketball team has their one go-to guy. And when you lose your one go-to guy who's elite, it's really hard to replicate that next go-to guy. So when those late game situations occur, your offense can sputter. That, that That's a realistic thing in college basketball. And until that Miles Davis comes back, which I believe is supposed to be back by the start of March, They'll probably get to tack up a few more losses. So um, I'll take Oak State to win. I know road wins are hard to accomplish, but TCU's offense hasn't quite been the same since their big guy went out. And at the same time, Oak, Oak State has been playing good. So Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, what do you think, North Kakalaka? You think they can, they can uh, go on the road at NC State? NC State just lost, too. <sighs> NC State's Memphis got a pretty damn good Houston, off. I like I like Houston. NC State's got a damn good offense, and Carolina, but Carolina, they they need some wins. Like, we're legit on the bubble. Like, we're, I think, I think the last four in, so that'd be really beneficial. But, yeah, Carolina, we're, we're trying water on missing the tournament. We'd be the first team to ever start off the season ranked number one and miss the tournament in the last handful of years. I don't know if this ever happened ever. So um, I hope Carolina wins. Uh, they haven't shown me much to prove that they could this year. Uh, and NC State's having a really nice year this year. And, you know, NC State always kind of used Carolina as the evil older brother. So um, it wouldn't I, – I can't pick Carolina. They just haven't been that reliable this year. I, I don't think – I hope they win, but I would venture to bet on NC State just because they've been a more solid uh, program this whole season. Any any last words, sir, before we uh, get the F out of here? <clears throat> Yeah, I will say I will take I'll take Iowa State. We're we we're kind of doing a road trendy Saturday, which is scary because as I rattled off numbers <laughs> here, that doesn't happen often. But I think Iowa State walks into K State. If you rewind, Chris, when we started our podcast about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, K State was in first place. Yeah, they were like six true. and one, six and zero, oh, seven and one in conference. Life was good. <laughs> now you're now you're seven and six. Now, again, are you going dancing for sure? You're ranked twelfth in the country. Cool. Right, yeah, yeah. But you're pretty much five hundred in conference now. So teams kind of maybe found out your MO. Um, I do think that a point guard thinks he's Stephen Curry and that Noel and he shoots a lot of crazy shots, which I think are ill advised. But they're not quite that dangerous team to beat KU about a month ago. Again, are they good? Yes. But you're seven and six in conference, it's kinda of hard to imagine how you're still ranked twelfth. So I do think that that little shine is rubbing off on K-State. So I'll take Iowa State to win. Uh, and I know you did mention OU-Texas. That's not a football rivalry game. OU's, okay. OU's been playing good lately, but they're 3-10 and 10 in conference. I do think Texas takes care of teams at home. God, I just picked a bunch of teams I hate to win games Saturday. <laughs> 
So, I know, man. You're turning a new leaf, man. I'm Jesus proud of you. I'm good Lord. You, I, I'm sleep deprived. I don't know what just happened, sir. Yeah, that's what I think it is, too. I think there's, you just, uh, you know, you said a lot about being tired, but you didn't. Now I do believe it. I didn't believe it before. Now I do believe it. I 100% believe it now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and uh, edit, edit out the podcast and make some changes. So what, if, you're, if you're listening to this on another day, you might hear some different picks. We we lost Marshall. Right, yeah. <laughs> so on that note, hey, we are less than a month from filling out brackets. Fuck yes. We, we'll be filling out brackets. Selection Sunday is about three weeks away, which is the best time of the year. And we have a tournament this year where, again, you could argue about 10 teams could win this whole thing. And that is a beautiful thing to have as college basketball fans. So we'll be back next Monday. We'll be breaking down the the Big 12 and the Big East, which continue to be crazy. So on that note, thanks for listening. As always, we appreciate and love your support. The boys are out tonight. Peace.